Welcome to Corona Connections Worldwide, the podcast where I check in with my friends in various international locations to see how the global pandemic has affected them. My name is Angela Callender, and we are broadcasting, quote unquote, per my Zoom background from the French market today. Um, it's a very lonely, empty French market from March, not to be confused with the super bustling and crowded French market slash French quarter as a whole. Um, Someone the other day told me that it looked like it was Mardi Gras again out there on Bourbon Street, which is interesting since Mardi Gras is kind of how we got in this situation in the first place, and I'm not sure why we're trying to repeat that behavior. Um, and in fact, Mardi Gras 2021 has been canceled. Um, so excuse my tangent about how frustrating and disconcerting and just kind of baffling it is to see people just living out their lives while the pandemic's spiking again. Um, lots of us are foregoing Thanksgiving celebrations this week um, as we're being told not to travel in the midst of this latest spike. 200,000 new cases a day. Um, kind of unbelievable that <laughs> people want to just be out there partying. But uh, here we are. To backtrack to my ahoy hoy greeting, um, in addition to just being a shout out to Mr. Burns from The Simpsons forever, it is appropriate because we're going to Greenland today to check in with a friend, former colleague of mine, if that word applies to co-workers at a wine bar, which is where we met each other in Charlottesville, Virginia, where we were both attending school. Um, Shout out to Sips. Uh, if I have any other former Sips co-workers listening, shout out to y'all. Um, but yeah, she's been in Greenland for a while and a uh, really, really interesting place. I was so excited to get to talk to her about uh, that unique country. And um, we spend a lot of time talking about just general Greenland stuff because her pandemic summation didn't take that long because they have it pretty under control there. Just a quick insert to say that the Ahoy Hoy connection is because Sarah sails in Greenland. So I realized I didn't exactly explain that. As you can see, or maybe as you remember from earlier episodes, I'm cycling through my own early pandemic photography for my Zoom backgrounds for these calls. Um, and I usually let my guests know that I'm doing that in case they want to do something of their own. And Sarah is the first one to take the bait and she knocked it out of the park because she just stood out on her terrace and had the wonderful splendor of uh, the Greenland landscape behind her and waterscape. Um, so if you don't get a chance to check it out on YouTube, uh, check it out on the Corona Connects pod Instagram. I'll have a little clip of it posted there. Or better yet, check out Sarah at PolarFile, P-O-L-A-R-P-H-I-L-E on Instagram or visit underscore South Greenland because she does their tourism and marketing management for um, South Greenland. So she manages that Instagram account as well. And 
her her Zoom background was wonderful, but it doesn't really compare to like the high quality photos that she's posting all the time. Okay, so yeah, let's go check it out. So I'll go ahead and introduce you. Today we are being joined by Sarah Woodall, who is joining us from Greenland. And if you're tuning in from YouTube or you come across the uh, Instagram videos that I post, little clips, um, you know that I use my photography for my own Zoom backgrounds. And Sarah is joining us with a live Zoom background <laughs> from Greenland. <laughs> Actually, her beautiful view from window or porch or something there's no uh, like green screen funniness like when i wave my <laughs> sarah and i uh, went to college together though i don't think we actually knew each other in school um, we met when we worked at a really wonderful champagne and wine bar called sips with two eyes <laughs> that is unfortunately no longer in business but it was a wonderful couple years that we worked there together sarah um i guess was technically my boss by the end of it because she was managing um but yeah lots of lots of really great memories from that and you've been in Greenland for how long now uh yeah eight years in Greenland now I came uh, in 2012 for a job uh, and I fell in love with the country and the place like from the first day and I said this has to be my life and and I did that <laughs> I remember that was your your summation of events uh when I came back from Thailand I reached out to you just to be like what are like what you're doing seems so cool like how did you wind up there what are you doing and and yeah that was the story then too you're just like I fell in <laughs> love and was like how do I go about being here always all the time forever um so what is it that you do there now I know you're involved in the the tourism industry mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm the currently I'm the destination manager for the region of South Greenland. So we do all the branding, marketing and, and networking for the local operators, running an Instagram account, you know, things like that. Right. And I am sure that that has been a little bit uh, impacted by the pandemic. In fact, um, I remember when things first started shutting down there, you had sort of an interesting uh, situation that you were like en route to somewhere and had to like change your plans at the drop of a dime, if I recall correctly. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Actually, yeah, that was a trip. Um, that was a domestic trip where I should have been going from South Greenland to the capital, Nuuk. And it was like <laughs> the first case happened and everybody was freaking out <laughs> and no travel between regions. And it was like, OK, 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 first, first case, we can we can handle this, guys. Um, but yeah, we as a country, we shut down pretty swiftly, pretty, pretty early on. Um, I mean, the first case the first case resulted in that we couldn't go between different regions in the country. And then um, I think the whole deck, like politically a part of Denmark together with the Faroe Islands also. Um, and the whole kingdom shut down, I think the 14th of March, which was like the after that and two weeks later, this whole island, even to, even to Denmark and the Faroe Islands. So decisions were taken pretty fast and, I mean, people were changing their plans all over the place. <laughs> right. Um, and so there had been a case actually found in Greenland or just in Denmark um, as a whole? In Greenland. In Greenland, there came the first case. I cannot remember the dates anymore. I used to uh -huh. have all that seared <laughs> into my memory. Um, but there came one case and, and, and Greenland reacted pretty fast. Totally, we've had 18. Um, there was like a, a small wave in the very beginning and then there came a few others when we reopened in June. Um, and, but we have no cases at the current moment. So everybody's happy about that. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. And are you still, um, are there still restrictions and, and that type of measure that you're having to abide by even, even though you've, from what you can tell, sort of wiped mm -hmm. it out? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I see like we had, I call it like three waves of uh, restrictions for Greenland. We were totally closed from, yeah, the middle. And then we reopened in June first like in a baby step and then we basically opened completely um in July and then we yeah we started closing down again in a way um at the end of September so the restrictions are you have to come from a particular country deemed as open uh, and those are rules set by the kingdom of Denmark um, and then if you are a resident of one of those countries then you are allowed to come into the Kingdom of Denmark, come into Greenland uh, just for yeah holiday, just for fun. Otherwise, you need a very particular reason. Um, but before you come in, you have to you have to send a personal locator form, uh, telling where you're going to be in the country, where are you staying, how long, and everything. Uh, you have to be tested before you come to Greenland, five days maximum before traveling. And then when you get to Greenland, currently you have to be in quarantine, and that's up to 14 days. But if you choose to be retested, um, you can get out of quarantine after like seven days. Um, okay. And then there's also currently a restriction about what towns you can go to. So there's like, uh, there's a lot of settlements, small settlements that just have like no capacity for testing or handling an outbreak if it was to happen. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of, if you're a resident of certain settlements, you have to take like a quarantine layover. <laughs> in a bigger town before you can uh, go home and that's for residents too so there's there's pretty um pretty hefty restrictions i'd say sure um but it, it also seems like they are effective if you know the i don't know it seems it seems like the yeah. kind of system that uh, makes sense to me like it is frustrating that like the, the rules keep changing but if the situation keeps changing it makes sense that the rules should change and it's a little bit weird now to be i don't know it's weird to remember back in march that things were pretty bad like they were bad in new orleans early um partially due to mardi gras and everything um and you know there was that instant okay we gotta stay at home bars restaurants everything closed <clears throat> and then the numbers did come down and it's it's really weird to be in the situation now where things are really bad again and they are talking about like closing things down again i think that will happen but like it's it's like why like why are bars open at all and like people are so reluctant to take <laughs> that step backward and for me personally like like part of me does want to be out and socializing and stuff but also for the job that i finally just started doing um again at the end of november um another quick insert to say that i meant the end of october end of november hasn't even really come around yet so yeah whoops which is on the set of a tv show where we're getting oh. tested three times a week everybody on set gets tested three times a week just because we are working in close proximity and like we, we have to wear masks all the time we're really restricted like when we eat like it's really funny we call it like the the visitation uh like the con <laughs> the, the, the like a jail visit in the in the lunchbox because they have each little seat like cordoned off with a wow. like grid of plastic and, and if I come up positive then I can't work for two weeks so like I have like that very clear-cut incentive to like I'm not really that yeah. worried about my own health I never have been like I, I'm not in the high-risk 
group, but like, I don't want to get it. I don't want to spread it. And I definitely don't want to miss out on two weeks of work. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's just really, it's like, wait, it's worse than ever. But like, yeah. are oh, you there? That, that's so weird. Yeah. Oh. That, it's weird that mine cut off. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, so I was going on a, <laughs> on a tangent about how our, uh, it's just weird, the system that seems to be in place for why restrictions aren't a little heavier when things have gotten so bad yeah and you hear how um and one thing that i think it's hard to imagine it being implemented in a place like america where even with the restrictions that have been um put into place people don't really like it and they protest it so it's hard to imagine there ever having been a system where we couldn't travel between states and stuff yeah. But like California is going into a, a, a very strict lockdown again. And um, people are just like, oh, well, everyone's just uh, crossing the border into Nevada for like when they want to go to restaurants and stuff. And it's like, that's not the point. <laughs> like, <laughs> the point is everybody's sick and you got to stay home and like not go to Nevada. That's the whole point. And uh, so like I... I um, I interviewed in Thailand yesterday or last week and in, in Kazakhstan, and they also were talking about these restrictions that were put on moving between the different regions of the country. And it's like, mm. yes, that makes sense. Like, and that, that yeah. is like how you're going to contain it. Um, in the, have, in like, the spikes that... We have, sorry, I was just going to say, um, I think when we are so like... Um, so limiting on who can come into the country in the first place, that is what allows us to be so free inside the country mm -hmm. um we have to wear masks yeah. in the in the airplanes now um but otherwise i mean we're allowed to go to other regions um you know we don't have anything locked down we can go to restaurants and everybody's of course still trying to be aware of two meters distance and we do this thing where we bump elbows instead of uh, shaking <laughs> hands and now it's just like a fun thing that everybody does that yeah. instead um so yeah we have we have a huge amount of freedom to be honest um, mm -hmm. and when I see what's mm -hmm. happening out there in the world it's like I can't even conceptualize it like the fact that you're not allowed to go into a, a store without a mask like I can't even conceptualize it and the fact that there's 50 million cases like Greenland has 56,000 people the fact of 1 million cases to me is like I can't understand it um, and I haven't mm -hmm. been in the world uh, since February um, so I haven't even experienced it myself, you know, empty airports or <laughs> why <crazy>. would you? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah, we're in this like really safe bubble, I should say, more or less. Um, pretty thankful for that, actually. I've gotten that impression for sure. And in the in the times where there has been another outbreak, I'm guessing they um, they attribute that to people who have come from the outside and the, the quarantine that they were put into just wasn't yeah. effective enough or. Um, exactly. All the people who have um, all the cases recently since reopening have been because they came from the outside uh, from another country mm -hmm. and yeah, either contracted it like after their pretest or yeah, I don't know. Um, but they were in mm -hmm. quarantine when they arrived. Um, and when they got their positive case, so it didn't spread at all. So very effective. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so has there, um, have you had many, you said there are 18 cases or 18 deaths? 18 cases and no deaths, no hospitalization. 
Got it. And um, how much, uh, and I mean, if you don't have a specific figure, although maybe you do because it's your industry, like how much of Greenland's economy is, is tourism driven? And even though you are allowed to let a limited amount of people in from these very specific places, um, how much is the overall country being impacted by tourism? Or I don't know, how is, how is trade and that kind of thing being affected? Mm -hmm. um, I don't have the specific numbers, uh, but tourism has been hit incredibly hard. Uh, it's a pretty big industry. Cruise industry, she was saying. Sorry, the line breaks up a little bit here and there. Especially in my region as well. Um, and we should have had like 50, 50 or 60,000 passengers uh, in a normal year, and there came zero, of course. Um, and the, the flight traffic has been uh, considerably reduced. Um, so in a nutshell, the tourism has been really hard hit. Um, we did a campaign that um, was like a staycation campaign. I think that's a pretty common word for in the U.S., um, mm -hmm. but it's brand new up here. And so we had a little <laughs> bit of uh, branding work to do to describe what is a staycation. Um, but we did the um, fantastic chili of getting people from the cattle and other regions down to South Greenland and experience our beautiful nature and the sheep farmers, which are only found here. So that was like something brand eye-opening for a lot of uh, Greenland's residents. Um, so that was like a little bit of a, a save, uh, if you can call it that, for the tourism industry. But overall, tourism was really hard hit. And that seems like that could be a kind of meaningful and fulfilling thing for the people of Greenland. Like, I think it's a pretty common thing that, like, when I lived in the Netherlands, there was this castle that we loved to visit. And everybody who came to visit my family would take everyone to the Valkenburg Castle. And we'd talk to our neighbors and they'd be like, oh, yeah, we never, we haven't gone there. Like, oh, yeah, I've heard that's good. And, and you know, you just take for granted the kind of cultural treasures that you're surrounded by because you feel like they're already there. So did you get the impression that... Totally. Uh, Greenlanders totally. enjoyed this experience of like having the opportunity to mm -hmm. delve a little d deeper into their own culture a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think like also on the operator side, they had a really fun time with it because suddenly they could, well, guide in their own language and really kind of like not have to start at point zero with a brand new tourist who's never been here before and knows nothing about the region or the country. Like it's kind of like jump into as, as like a friend sort of. Um, and that was, I think, a really fun experience for a lot of the local operators. Did you get to partake in any of that? Or were you, I mean, I'm sure you've done a lot of these trips mm -hmm. that, that you're organizing and, and helping people on too, but were there any like great discoveries or a staycation that you took part of while you were experiencing this? Um, we are really lucky that we have on board and we go around sailing everywhere. So I'm I think I've seen pretty much everything, um, both the, the coordinates, you know, just natural places in the bottom of a fjord and all the towns. But um, I think the, the most meaningful one for me was actually sailing around this tip of South Greenland or all the country, um, basically like out to sea. And there's no land whatsoever south of us. Next land is, yeah, I don't know how many thousand kilometers in that South America was definitely the most incredible experience um, that I got to do on my own staycation this year. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't even like, that's funny because you weren't even really like in the country. You like went <laughs> as far away from, that's quite a quarantine really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I think a lot of people like suddenly realize that we are living like 
quarantine lifestyle. I think there was a meme going around with the, oh, so my lifestyle actually is called quarantine, huh? Because a lot of us, I mean, <laughs> we meet with a, a few people, you know, like we have dinner parties every now and then with us in Greenland, we don't have these huge bars. We don't have these huge, you know, clubs and, and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, like, what, can you just t- tell, I mean, Greenland is such a unique and different type of place um can you just give us a little bit more background like what was it that made you so attached to it and also you used to live in nook right like can you explain the difference between the like capital Mm. life and now the south greenland life yeah i mean greenland is this humongous nature destination everywhere you are even in the center of the capital you can see out to the fjord everything is on the water um you can see the mountains all the time there's no well, there are trees in the country, but they're not these big trees that all over the place and big skyscrapers. Nothing is blocking the horizon. Um, nature is just like 200% of your life all the time, even when you're in the town. Um, and when you have free time, when you have a weekend and the afternoon, what you do as a Greenlander is you go out into the nature and, and spend even more time immersed in that environment. Um, and that's a huge part of the, the life and the culture here. Um, you're right. I was in Nuuk for six years and that's the capital and on the west coast and that's where portion of the population lives approximately 18,000 people out of 56,000 people Um, so that was like the closest you're ever going to get to big city life in Greenland um, with tons of restaurants and yeah I mean activities and a movie theater and a swimming pool and swimming hall and all these kinds of things like there's a lot of activity always something to do Um, And then two years ago, my boyfriend and I, we moved to South Greenland together, um, which is a small, not a small settlement, a small town um, with 3,000 people. So already the population size is incredibly different, but like the local culture is quite different. Everybody absolutely knows each other and and you wave to people on the street and you see the same people day after day. And um, yeah, definitely small town lifestyle and, and, and yeah. I have uh, grown to like it. I don't think I was really affected by it in the first place, um, but uh, it's a fantastic way to live. What? Why did you move? Um, well, that's a long story, sort of. But uh, long story <laughs> short, we 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 wanted to start a tourism company ourselves, actually, um, and be independent. And so we wanted to sail around in South Greenland because we thought it was the most beautiful fjords and nature that could be found in the entire country. So that was our goal. Um, but when we moved here, um, yeah, kind of like by fate, I guess, the, the job that I'm made for, <laughs> or the job that I had <laughs> at least for six years in the National Tourist Board, um, it was becoming open and they really needed somebody to take this role of, of marketing for the whole region. Um, so I said, okay. <laughs> and we put our, our, our ideas about being uh, independent on hold and I took this position. Um, so now that's been two years. Okay. Um, do you still potentially down the line want to make the independent company or are you pretty comfortable um, <laughs> remaining with the tourism board? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love my course and, and I have a responsibility to the local operators, I feel like. Um, so mm-hmm. no, we don't have any ideas to go back to being independent for the near future. Yeah. And if, if it's working for everyone involved, then that's... Makes sense to me. Um, 
you did something pretty cool regarding the sailing, which was you got, I don't know, is it called the captain's license or you got some like pretty like high up there certification <laughs> that also like very few women get. So I don't know if you want to like tell me and <laughs> the true. massive audience a little bit about that. <laughs> I remember being really um, intrigued and impressed by that when you were going through that. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. Yeah, that was related to the idea of being independent. Um, the whole company was a sailing company where we had a, a big ship that could have uh, passengers that slept overnight, um, plus a big crew. And the first step to being able to be the captain for such a big boat was getting um, uh, the first step to a, a boat license where you can sail with um, 12 passengers on a, on a smaller boat. Um, so that was like an intense month of all kinds of navigation classes and uh, safety at sea. At one point we had to, um, yeah, like get into a survival suit. It's called, uh, basically, if you were in the water, this suit would keep you alive for considerably longer amount of time than if you fell in without a suit. I mean, our waters are so cold, you would live for about four yeah. or five minutes without a suit. Um, so at one point we were like jumping, getting the suit on in less than 30 seconds. That was like the first stipulation and then jumping into the water and like experiencing that cold rush of air and not freaking out and how to help others uh, in that situation. And yeah, and then like we were learning um, how to troubleshoot on motors and things like that. I mean, that was totally new for me. Um, and yeah, you're right. I was the only woman in a class of 20 or 22 men. <laughs> and at first they were all like, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, but um, once we got to know each other, like they, they realized I was pretty, pretty smart and um, I could actually help them with some things. So we were all friends by the end. <laughs> That's good. Um, do you feel that uh, in general in, in, Greenland, in Greenlandic society, women are pretty well represented in like leadership positions and across the board or, or can it be a little bit of a, in equal society in some ways? No, I think women are very well represented. Um, I don't know the exact uh, proportions, but there are tons of women in the in the Greenlandic parliament, and this is very political, but um, in Denmark, the Danish parliament, two, uh, Greenland gets two seats, and both of those uh, positions are held by women. Um, I mean, women are strong. They always have been. Um, <laughs> Traditionally, um, but I mean, I have a ton of friends who are going out hunting uh, as a big group of women only, uh, hunting ptarmigan and reindeer and things like that. I don't hunt so much, um, but yeah, women are <laughs> women are freaking strong here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, not, I guess not so drawn to the captain lifestyle for whatever reason. No, in that way, um, I think there's there's a good handful at least the ones that I've, I've seen in photos and, and know. Um, yeah, a small handful as, as boat captains. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Yeah, I, I remember being like, all right, Sarah, like, <laughs> you've become a boat captain. That looks awesome. <laughs> um, and now you say that you have a boat, and so now that's just a skill that you can apply to your own, like, leisure. Yeah, I mean, having a boat is, is more important than having a car in this country. I mean, there are towns, I mean, there are roads in the towns. So of course you can drive around in town, but you cannot go from one town to the next or take a coastal drive one Sunday. Like there's no need for that. Uh, so you have a boat instead, and then you go out and, and sail anywhere you please. Um, and that's, yeah, like I said, that's what we did for our vacation holiday. Um, but um, yeah, say like an intrinsic part of my life now, I can't live without it. 
uh, and having that course, like I feel so confident when I'm out. Like if something were to happen, you know, it would happen. I would know exactly what to do, how to call for help. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure it was uh, very helpful in that way. Um, and so, how how far are you from Denmark? Like, if you go to Denmark, is that something that you could do by boat, or would you fly, or you just one or the other, depending on what the what the trip would no. require? <laughs> um, in old days, in old days, it was only by ship going between Greenland and Denmark, and then I think it took several weeks. Um, but okay. these days, you can fly um, from my particular region. We actually have a direct flight route in the summertime. So it was possible to fly from South Greenland to Denmark in four hours' time. Uh, in the autumn and winter and spring, we are a little more cut off, where we have to go to the capital and from there to another town before we could fly out to to Denmark. Um, but still, you could you could reach Denmark if the weather is perfect. Um, at least mm. you could reach Denmark in one day. Is that a, a place that you go often for work or for for pleasure or? Um, I've never gone there for a holiday, um, but I have been there like as a as a layover place to go further out in the world. I mean, my job is to market Greenland, South Greenland, as a destination for the world for travelers, and the point is to open people's eyes about new things with South Greenland and. I mean, because of the political relationship there is between Greenland and Denmark, Danes have a longstanding and pre-existing knowledge about Greenland. Um, so that's not really where we want to use our marketing dollars, <laughs> our marketing kroner. Uh, we want to go out and be in, in other regions of the world. So um, if I'm in Denmark, it's because it's the travel route. And then I'm going further to Alaska or Chile, or I should have been in Australia and Norway this year. Those got canceled. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's for me, at least in my work, it's a, it's the, yeah, the layover, the stepping stone to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And you said Iceland is the closest other country or, or mm -hmm. like physically, have you yeah, traveled there as well? Yeah. Yeah. I've been in Iceland a million times <laughs> back, when I, <laughs> back when I was still living in the States and, and working in Greenland and kind of pendling back and forth um, many, many, many times a year. It was always through Iceland and Reykjavik. And again, we have direct flights to Iceland in summertime. Um, and it's also like what, three hours or something like that. And they're like our sister destination, actually, especially for Americans, mm. like Americans, know and love Iceland so much and think of ice and snow and northern lights and and they sometimes often uh, confuse Greenland and Iceland together um, but we think that actually it's it's a great um, marketing ploy actually because if you can like open people's eyes to winter version of of life in the Arctic um, through Iceland and then say yeah but you have to try Greenland too it's even more remote it's extreme it's the next, you know, Arctic uh, destination because now everybody, everybody's been to Iceland. Um, <laughs> so it actually works favor. Like what was it? Wow, air or something that made the the tickets so cheap and that like really worked. Like I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the people that I know who went to Iceland and you're right, there were many of them over the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, it was always kind of like, oh wow, air is offering these cheap flights. We gotta go. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh. Exactly. And in comparison, it is not cheap to travel to Greenland. It is not cheap to travel within Greenland. It's cheap to live here. So any little bit helps. <laughs> um, it was great yeah. that those budget uh, tickets were there for yeah to help help it a little bit. But when you talk about Iceland, and now that I'm remembering what the intro was about SIPs, can you remember our colleague <laughs> Emily? <laughs> yeah, she I was like the first person I ever... Yeah, I was I was telling her I, we were texting right before the call. I was like, "Oh, I gotta go!" Like interviewing Sarah Woodall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I totally remember. She and she was going to Iceland, and I was like, "What? Whoa, Iceland!" And yeah, um, the crazy thing is, is that when I went to Greenland, I'm pretty sure the only other country outside the U.S. that I had been to was Belize. Like Greenland was my second country ever. Wow. <laughs> Um, so like back then when again when when you were in China and and all of our other colleagues were like you know in Thailand and things like that like I had never even really been out of the country <laughs> and then now I've made a foreign country my my home my forever home it's funny to think about yeah well so and so what what drew you to Greenland in the first place for the the job or the course or whatever it was that you did to begin if we talk very practically why and how like I was getting a master's at GW and somebody from the National Tourist Board in Greenland they were looking for international yeah, interns and they knew somebody at my school so they came to my school and, and made a presentation um, and I listened to the presentation and thought that looked cool right so that's like the very uh, easy <laughs> to understand four four walls of a box simple answer but like the answer that's not so simple and you can't explain is like it was I get this feeling like when I listened to that presentation yeah. I was having goosebumps and was like I have to go there I do not know why I'd explain it um I had actually said yes to some kind of um internship in Machu Picchu I have to just say no to that and try this other thing I don't know why I was compelled um and it turns yeah. out it was totally right you know when I landed I also felt like I came home right there uh-huh <laughs> I mean I had a similar experience with with New Orleans in a sense that like I um I knew I needed to have something figured out for after DC when the guy that I was dating was going off to business school and I probably wasn't going to accompany him and where would I want to be and I'd never even visited New Orleans and Oh. just something like struck me like the, the idea entered my head I was like Craigslisting around for where can I afford an apartment by myself and there weren't very many cities where I could do that uh, and I don't know the street name like Magazine Street and the Lower Garden District and like whatever this now that I know is Chapatulis but like so many like weird it just seemed almost like a foreign country in the United States which is how people do sort of regard it sometimes um <laughs> And yeah, and, and I find that a lot of people here have a similar answer. They're just like, I don't know, like I was just kind of drawn there. And I guess there are just special magical places like that, that kind of think their hooks in you. Do you have yeah. dual citizenship at this point or would you like to, are you able to? No, um, I would love to, um, but again, like we're always back to this political thing and, and Greenland and Denmark, there's no Greenland citizenship. Uh, everything is oh, Danish citizenship. Right. So for me, like, it just doesn't make sense to get a Danish citizenship just to, like, call myself Greenlandic. Um, I know nothing about the Danish system. I know nothing about the Danish kings and queens. Like, if there were a test about Greenland, I would pass it in an instant. But, um, yeah, so for me right now, that's that's not that's not on my radar. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to. If I ever one day becomes a Greenland citizenship, 
I will absolutely switch and be a Greenland citizen and leave my U.S. citizenship <laughs> in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, is there ever, like, what is the, is it mostly a, a completely friendly and happy relationship between Greenland and Denmark, or are there ever talks of independence, or do, are there any people who would like that, or is everyone pretty content with the arrangement? Oh, yeah, there's a huge amount of people who would love to have independence uh, for so many reasons. Um, but actually, to be honest, like, I mean, decolonization has always been something talked about in Greenland. But um, like once this Black Lives Matter thing, uh, thing <laughs> campaign went uh, so exploded in the world, um, the decolonization movement, land back and everything that also exploded in Greenland. Um, so it's really relevant right now. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and are there like tangible efforts being being made, or is it still kind of more an idea out there? Um, what yeah. would the steps really be or look like? Yeah, I mean, most recently there was something um, where politicians are trying to put a, a very concrete definition definition on what is a Greenlander, who can vote, who can't vote, and things like that. Um, trying to, yeah, what I see as a preparation for the future of. Um, um, yeah, going towards a, an independence vote. Um, but I mean, very practically, it's possible to be independent. Um, yeah, the relationship between Greenland and Denmark is that if Greenland decides to be independent and votes on that, then Denmark says, okay, fine, uh, we go that way. Um, but there's a lot of like practical things to figure out, you know, like we, a very, very small population, um, there's no military in Greenland. I think is taken care of by Denmark, for example. So there's some things to like figure out how how are we actually going to mm -hmm. do this um, to be independent. But the wish is certainly there. Gotcha. And how how culturally different or or like what population or again like I, I don't expect you to have specific figures, but like is there a strong like native or first nations presence i don't know what the correct term is that, that they prefer to use there um or is it a lot of you know europeans that have resettled in in greenland or is it very mixed at this point mm. um usually you say inuit just the inuit population um not okay. first nation or, or something but yeah i mean there's a good deal of mixing uh, for sure mostly with scandinavian or danish but they're i mean in Nuke, at least, there's there are uh, immigrants or what should you say residents from approximately three different countries in the world. So there's actually quite an international presence in in Nuke, um, as opposed to other places in the coastline. Um, like in my town, I think it's between five and seven percent of the population is not Inuit, and so a very small percentage of uh, the population. Yeah. And of course, I'm part of that. Um, in in comparison to that in Nuuk, I'm pretty sure it's up around 30% nearly is non-Inuit. Um, so there's a big difference there. Um, mm -hmm. But I can't remember exactly what you asked in the first place. No, um, no, that, that, that was kind of yeah, what the correct term for one is. And then uh, like how represented that, that Inuit oh, population yeah. is. And it sounds like it's very represented still on the, on the island. And so then, um, in Greenland, you speak Danish, but also a Greenlandic language, and so is that like a an Inuit language? Yeah, exactly. More or less. Um, okay. So yeah, the vast majority of the Greenlandic population is Inuit, um, and then the the mother tongue is Greenlandic, which is an Inuit language and quite understandable. 
between, for example, the, the language spoken in Nunavut in northern Canada. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually three different Greenlandic languages. There's a North Greenlandic, a West Greenlandic, and an East Greenlandic. Uh, East Greenlandic is very, very different. Um, usually not so like intelligible uh, to, e- to each other. Um, and as a language-wise, yeah, mother tongue is Greenlandic, and then Danish is the colonial language, of course. And then English is not an official language for the country, but it is taught in the schools um, from, like, I think already the fourth grade. Awesome. Yeah. Um, schools are usually, I feel like we haven't talked that much about the pandemic because you had a pretty simple answer, which is that like, <laughs> we basically handled it. It's like very open. But um, schools are usually one thing that I ask about. Um, and based on your other answer, I'm guessing schools are just kind of regularly back in session, but maybe not. Like, are there, are there differences that you know of um, that they're implementing? Yeah. Um, schools were closed there for like, a hot minute back in April. Can't really exactly remember why. Basically, because they thought there was too many, too many children who don't know how to socially distance or, or keep away from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there was a bunch of research out, right? That children are not really the biggest contractors. So, yeah, intercession pretty, pretty normally. Um, like, do you normally have a summer holiday from about June to August or September as well, or is that not the school year for y'all? Yeah, um, school year is starting usually in the middle of August and going until late June. We have a national holiday, the 21st of June, and school is out by then. So there's a good long summer holiday and you know, that's also a big, huge difference always between American uh, culture and you, the rest of the world culture that you have free time and many weeks and kids have off long time and with their parents. So summer is a really fantastic, enjoyable time here. <laughs> with very, very long days, I'm sure. <laughs> Do you get the full 24 yeah. hours of, of daylight through the through Not the exactly in my region. Um, you have to be above the Arctic Circle before you get this like true mm-hmm. 24 hours uh, sunlight. But um, on the longest day of the year here, we still have about 21 hours of sunlight. And then the other, um, the other hours are just like, yeah, <laughs> what everybody pretty much would call light. Um, but it's like dusk or dawn. <laughs> if you see what I'm standing in right now, what time is uh-huh. it? It's 2.40 local time. Uh, the sun is going to go down in like 20 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I wasn't sure exactly what the time difference was because you you pitched the time to me. Um, and then I started thinking like, oh, wow, like there's probably not a ton of day- daylight at this time of year <laughs> yeah. there. Um, and and I so you've, you've been just outside this whole time. I was also going to ask how cold it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm standing outside in my snowy, um, my snowy terrace here. <laughs> um, it is minus three right now, which I think is about. I or 26 degrees Fahrenheit. Gotcha. <laughs> um, but you're, but you're, you're, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm like in my sweater. It's, it's like in the low 70s here now, and I barely like want to be outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's I, I've been saying that it's it's weirdly been kind of one of the more difficult um, parts of lockdown for me right now because um, I was. My, the the job that I have, I'm not scheduled every day. I'm scheduled a lot, um, but there've been a couple day, weeks that it's only been like three or two days and I only get paid by the day. 
Um, so day, weeks that I'm not working that much, I'm actually making considerably less than I was making when I was collecting unemployment at the beginning of the pandemic. And as I was saying, oh. everything was closed at the beginning. So it was kind of just like, okay, like I'm home, you're home, everyone's home. Um, and it was beautiful, beautiful spring weather. So like, okay, I'll walk the dog, I'll take pictures, I'll do this. And now it's a little colder. <laughs> and thing, so I, I just like don't want to be outside quite as much. And um, yeah, like I said, things are open and I'm just like, well, I can't and I shouldn't be out there doing that. Like, uh, you don't even really want to walk around the corridor all that much, both because like, it's just all the things that are open that I can't do. And I tend to <laughs> find myself getting a little judgmental of all the people that are like out and about without masks on. <laughs> um, so yeah, when I'm working, it's great and I love it. And then when I'm not working, I'm just like, uh, like, can I go back to work yet? <laughs> yeah. But, um. No, it's it's okay. I I try to keep my complaints to a minimum because I think in the in the grand scheme of pandemic experiences, mine has not been too terrible, yeah. all things considered. But yeah, no, but I mean, I can totally understand how people can like kind of go crazy. Like people are inherently social, of course, and when you live in, especially in bigger places, like that's your whole life. Like that's all you know, and you kind of start to feel like what like. What do you do without <laughs> seeing other people without just like suddenly making a dinner reservation or happy hour drinks or something like that? Like it takes away your whole basis for social interaction. It's, it's weird. And, and this thing about, I mean, I've read online at least a lot of people, a lot of couples, um, maybe in the start, but maybe still got like separated physically because mm. they are no flights more to their country or, or something like that. And, I just, if something like that, you know, for example, had happened to me, if I had been somehow stuck outside of Greenland and couldn't come in, then I think for sure I would also yeah. join that group of people that's going crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. Like you, I've also had yeah. a pretty, what do you say, cushy <laughs> uh, corona experience. <laughs> um, have you had to get tested? Like, what have, have the testing options been? Um Maybe if, if the cases have been so low, there hasn't been such a need for it. Yeah. Um, the, the rules have always been that you should only get tested um, if you're coming back in the country. Um, so that has not applied to me. Or if you uh, feel like you have symptoms and have had contact with somebody who's been out of the country. And that also is irrelevant for me. Um, my boyfriend is a, a helicopter pilot. And he's actually had a few international travels um, for like simulator training. And, um, and so when he comes home, he has to get tested. And we kind of like made a, a rule for ourselves, but also at, at my office where I work, um, that when we have somebody in the household who's coming back in, then we act like we ourselves are, have come back uh, from, from outside the country. Mm. So we also keep ourselves mm. in quarantine. Uh, as long as that person is in quarantine. Um, but I haven't actually been retested because I haven't had uh, symptoms and, and my boyfriend has always tested negative. So I just felt like that wasn't really 100% necessary. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So when he comes back in yeah. the country, uh, you, the two of you effectively quarantine together until he takes a test that comes back negative? Yeah, exactly. And our rules are you can get tested um, first on the fifth day after arrival. Um, and then, I mean, our testing is like a little bit, a little bit crazy. You can actually get tested in the town where we live. 
Um, but the test then has to be sent <laughs> with airplane to the capital to get analyzed. <laughs> and that takes like a day, three days. Um, if there's a delay in weather, then even more days. Uh, so it's not like immediate test results like you see other places in the world, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so quarantine, yeah. when you come back to the country level, um, the full quarantine usually lasts like seven to eight days. Got it. Yeah. Where has he traveled to when he has left the country? Uh, Sweden, Sweden and Denmark. I think those were the two. And is he like a commercial helicopter pilot, or or what what type of flights is he doing? Yeah, he does commercial flights and also charter flights. And um, so, like again, I mentioned earlier about about roads. There's no roads between towns, so everybody either ha either has to fly or sail. Um, um and fly region means with a helicopter. Uh, and that's where he does, uh, that's where he, he works. So uh, we have three towns and 11 settlements and he flies between all of them, like on a weekly basis, daily basis. Um, so yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> such, such an interesting and different lifestyle, very, very yeah. cool. When's the last time you came back to the United States? Me? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well it was last year, last October actually. So it's been 13 months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and would you probably have come back at some point during this year? Or do you normally come back for, I don't know, Thanksgiving or, or holidays or anything? Or you usually yeah. just spend that in Greenland? I mean, again, it's expensive. So usually I try to coordinate um, a trip to the U.S. with some other kind of business trip that I would have had in Europe. And then and then my work pay for, you know, the travel at least to Europe. And then I just cover my my trip back and forth between the U.S. And, and Copenhagen or Iceland. And um, so this year, it should have been, uh, I should have been visiting the U.S. in September in connection with um, with a business trip to, yeah, Australia. <laughs> uh, we've been out of the country already. And so that's not going to happen. So I guess there's going to go a full two years. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't have any other travels planned for the foreseeable future. Like all of our mm -hmm. travel conferences and everything, they've all been totally canceled and put on hold. So I kind yeah. of assume the next opportunity I have for business travel, like a big business travel, is next on. Yeah. And it must be like, there's frustration for me and I'm guessing like lots of people in different countries around the world um, because it's like, what can we do to like get the situation under control? Like, and you're kind of in the opposite situation. Like you're kind of waiting on the rest of the world to get it under control before you can <laughs> kind of delve back into your own, um, your, your normal way of life. Um, yeah. I feel like it's kind of two sides of the experience to just like feel like you're, and having an active role in it and kind of just like waiting on the rest of the world to, yeah, <laughs> to get their totally. shit together in a sense. <laughs> totally. Um, as I mean, as of right now, we have, again, we talked a little bit about like rules are changing constantly. Um, Denmark is setting the rules for travel into the kingdom. So Greenland and the Faroe Islands and Denmark. And so currently, um, currently I think we can have travelers from Finland um, six other non-EU countries and that's it for the whole world and some of those other countries are like Australia who I think they're not allowing their citizens out of the country currently so it's like there's this yeah this catch-22 of even though we we would allow some people in 
maybe they're not allowed out. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're waiting on the world to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, you said De Denmark is imposing the rules, but are there different rules um, for like Denmark versus Greenland? Just it seems like Denmark yeah. would maybe be a little more at risk, just being less isolated than you are. Like they they do take into consideration your specific mm. situation. When yeah, I mean Denmark has made some like, kind of basic rules for the whole kingdom, such as which countries uh, residents are allowed to come in. Um, and then on top of that, Greenland has made a lot of its own rules, like this, everything regarding how to get in the country, like this personal locator form that's only found for Greenland. Denmark is not doing that. Uh, Pre-testing for all travelers, that's something that only Greenland is doing. Um, the quarantine upon arrival, the retesting, actually everything is like Greenland's mm -hmm. government has um, set these rules uh, on top of what Denmark has done. So we are actually more more restricting um, than Denmark okay. itself. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Um, there was something. Oh, um, I, I guess this sort of just ties into maybe an earlier question. But uh, was there ever any like considerable job loss? Like, did uh, either the Danish or the Greenlandic government have to step in and provide any type of economic assistance to to people or to businesses that suffered hardships? Yeah. Or yeah, they definitely did. Um, we saw really early on that tourism is going to get hit by this for sure. Um, so there came uh, two different kind of like economic aid packages, one generally for any kind of business owner, especially small business owners, and then one particularly for the tourism industry, um, which was actually kind of, it was not so much like um, direct support to the operators themselves. It was more a discount given to potential travelers, like Greenlandic travelers, to kind of incentivize them to go out and experience your own country and, and travel more, which in turn, you know, put put more guests in in the local operators' boats and hotel rooms and things like that. Um, so there were, yeah, two two ways of economic assistance, and those are still valid actually until the end of the year. We haven't heard yet, um, you know, what should happen next year, but I assume they will be extended. Um, because our travel restrictions are also still going until at least the 31st of um, January. But I, ex I expect them okay. to be extended, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it seems like a, a smart system to, yeah, and incentivize the staycation model and um, get, keep the, the operators in business that way. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then actually you probably uh, maybe have a unique perspective on this because you are American, but I usually round out the conversation by asking what um, either your own or the general perception of those around you is of the situation in the United States. But I'll, you know, I'll expand that to the world as a whole, as, as we <laughs> mentioned, like you're not really experiencing it in the same way and it, it feels like sort of a... Um, kind of like parallel universe, I'm sure. Um, but are there any like strong attitudes about how it's been handled in other places, specifically the United States? Ah, we try really hard not to talk about American politics here. <laughs> I think the general consensus is like, why aren't people following the rules? It's not that hard, just wear a mask. Um, let's beat this thing. No, but yeah, I really, honestly, I don't have, <laughs> I don't really have a great answer to that because yeah, again, we are, we are in our little bubble. And of course, these things are happening out in the world and it's reality and, and we see it. There's no tourists here, right? There's no cruise ships this mm -hmm. summer. Of course, it's affecting us, but 
you know, in the day-to-day life, like we're kind of just living our own lives <laughs> mm-hmm. while the world mm-hmm. out there is crashing down. No. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. But maybe we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, and now with, uh, ha- have you um, been tuned into the news about the vaccine that is like sounding like it's looking, um, uh, what, yeah, like, are, are there any attitudes towards the um, potential vaccine? And do you know if that would it would be something that would be provided to and, and mandated within Greenland or, or maybe not? Um, I could absolutely see it, like, being mandated that anybody coming into the country, maybe not residents, but as travelers, you know, as, as somebody living in another country coming in just purely to hold um, holiday or vacation, I could see it being mandated that they are vaccinated before coming. And I could absolutely see it being mandated for anybody wanting to come with a cruise ship. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we're a country where things are never said, you must do this, you must do that. Um, everything is a very like nicely made suggestion. Um, we are suggested <laughs> to stay home for 14 days and, um, and things like that. But um, I, I see it a little bit hard to imagine that like Greenland residents would have to be um, vaccinated. But I think generally people are hopeful. Like, I mean, a vaccination would, yeah. would help alleviate some of these kind of pretty strong uh, travel restrictions there are and, and give a little bit more secure feeling. Um, I think yeah. there's general um, positive reaction to, to the, <laughs> to the vaccine. Yeah. Um, and what we, with what you're saying about like the strong suggestion to stay home for 14 days. Um, so is that to say that there weren't really consequences or there wasn't really a way to enforce that suggestion or like, was it fine that it was presented that way? Cause the people in Greenland were like, okay, <laughs> I accept the suggestion and I'm just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the vast majority of people are like the latter. They're accepting it and just doing it. Um, I mean, there's like some official, law jargon that says that um, people can receive fines if they're not um, following the rules and and that was like never put into place between March uh, until like a few weeks ago but actually a few weeks ago I read in the news that um, two maybe three people actually did get fines because they were not like they weren't quarantining at all they were like out in the town and having a bunch of friends over and it had these like Mm. big consequences that some of their family member is in parliament so it shut down like a whole section of parliament meetings and like so consequences like that kind of snowballed and and there have been two yeah maybe three fines given like last week (laughs) but otherwise like again it's a really like everybody trusts each other to to follow the rules and yeah that's the second um turn of phrase that you've used you said something about like a hot minute before and i was like do they have those in greenland and and (laughs) you talked about it snowballing and i'm like sounds right for your situation no no (laughs) pun intended full of cheesy puns all the time (laughs) oh you've got some like really beautiful afternoon light happening right now it looks like (laughs) Um, oh my goodness how much you can see the sun is going down over there and then like the sea yeah. out there and the rest of the town wow oh my goodness well the, yeah, this is definitely the best the best you win the best zoom background <laughs> award <laughs> that's amazing I um, 
um is it it's not snowy year-round though right like i think i remember you like mm -hmm. posting when the snow fell a, a month or two ago yeah actually it's mm -hmm. like winter time pretty early this year in comparison i mean i've lived here for two years um and and in both of those years it, it first like started snowing at christmas like christmas day um, so this okay. is pretty early. And then I was asking around to, to other locals who've been here their whole lives. And they said, yeah, the last like 10 years, it's been like that first coming snow mm. at, at Christmas day. So it's like really early this year, which is funny, but by, by April, but definitely May, um, then all the snow has melted and it's like, everything is super green. Like they just like turn up the dial on, on the color of the television <laughs> or something like it just explodes and. And then it's summertime. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that sounds great. This is, it's, I, I didn't, I mean, it makes sense that it kind of became this, but I feel like I'm sort of getting to have the experience of traveling without actually traveling by doing this podcast and mm -hmm. a certain, a certain itch is getting scratched, but in another way, like the itch is just like growing exponentially. It's like, God, like I want to <laughs> like, actually be able to like get out and, and visit all these places that I'm um, getting to learn about mm -hmm. and, and see, but no, this was a this is really interesting. I I'm glad I got to learn a, a little bit more about Greenland and ask, even if they weren't pandemic related, just like learn a little bit about that culture because um, yeah, I've I've had the the slightest glimpse through your your Instagram. Oh, which which um, let me let you go ahead and give a plug for um, either your Instagram or like the tourism board. Any any way that we could keep plugged into your goings on in, in Greenland? <laughs> yeah, well, um, I can share two. Uh, the first one is the um yeah the official uh, south greenland account and that is at visit underscore south greenland and then um my private account which is all of my my personal happenings and comings and goings of course is um at polar file and that's p-o-l-a-r-p-h-i-l-e and it's a, it's a good one. I, I definitely recommend it. Lots of uh, beautiful scenery and just interest. You post uh, the like uh, little gifts, earrings, and and spoons, and <laughs> yeah. uh, when you when you cook with like whale fat or whatever, <laughs> just like so many so many like interesting little little tidbits um, that are that are great to check out. Um, well, do, do you have any uh, additional thoughts or questions for me or uh, anything that? you want to <laughs> no I don't think so but it was so fun and amazing to have a corona podcast to bring us together after however many years <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that that's definitely been the other benefit just like the, having the reason to like pop in with uh friends that you know, on the one hand it's been so nice that social media has made me feel close to people that I haven't like even had so much as a real conversation with in so long mm -hmm. um but it's and I'm, I'm very thankful for for that but it's nice to like get this extra level and have the reason to like <laughs> catch up with with old friends for real um yeah. but enjoy that beautiful sunset and the rest of your evening and i will let you know when i get everything posted <laughs> thank you <laughs> talk to you all right bye bye how, how do you say goodbye in a uh, greenlandic Tekush. okay Tekush. <laughs> yeah <laughs> bye bye all right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone and especially to those who are following CDC guidelines and staying home. But greetings to everybody um, in this time of goodwill. I plugged the Corona Connects pod Instagram at the top of the show. There's also the Rona Connects pod Twitter. 
Um, we're on YouTube, but they haven't given me a unique URL, so um, find that through the link tree on the Instagram. And yeah, catch you next week from a yet undecided location.